Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need and uh, helping your children because it's important to know that you can get your child better from their symptoms of autism. And we're talking about those debilitating symptoms of, of they can't sleep well, they, their digestive system and their stomach hurts all the time. They can't focus in, in a classroom. They're having trouble with their moods, they have irritability and even aggression. And I want you to know that your child's not an aggressive or an angry person by nature. They have toxins and inflammation in their body that is creating these symptoms and they are a biological symptom that can be worked with. I was once told that my own son could not recover from his symptoms of autism, but my holistic background in craniosacral therapy and studying the brain let me know the brain can and does heal. But I didn't know that much about autism at the time. So I began my own research and it took me a decade, but today, now it's been 14 years, my son is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. He's just graduated college and he's living a healthy, happy and independent, productive life. And that's what I want for your kids to get them to their best level of recovery because we don't know exactly what the end result will be for every child but children who were nonverbal are now talking and children who couldn't sleep are sleeping and children who couldn't focus for more than 10 minutes in a classroom. Parents tell me their children can focus for five to six hours in a classroom and some all day. These are the types of things that we want to be able to do is help our children get to the best level of their recovery process as possible because they deserve to live a healthy happy life just like anybody else so again thank you for being here and this is we we, we are here to offer you solutions and that's what i want to do is share with you some of the things that that i've done and of course my website you know is naturallyrecoveringautism.com and also the show notes for today will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 92 just the numbers nine two uh, because we have a special guest with us today and we will have some links to share with you and I want to make sure you know where to get those at uh, specifically for this episode. Today we're going to be talking about swimming pool health challenges. A lot of people don't realize how many toxins there can be in a swimming pool and I know our kids love to swim and we want to be able to just give you the knowledge and the information around water in general and then we're going to discuss swimming pool challenges and give you a few solutions and ideas to around that but it's just so important to have this knowledge as you might even notice the day that your child swims maybe they don't sleep as well or wake up in the middle of the night there can be various things uh, reactions that they can have or they might have skin irritations and things like that because the toxins in the pool but you might not equate it to having come from the pool. So we're gonna go into some, some specifics with this because we have a very special guest again. His name is Robert, Robert Slovak and he is basically the water and wellness guy in the health industry. He, is, he has been in the health industry specifically with water for over 50 years and his background as a medical and astronautical engineer he was also a co-founder with his brother Jack of the Water Factory Systems back in the 1970s and recognizes one of the key developers of reverse osmosis technology in his numerous applications or its numerous applications. And so today, uh, Robert is 
one of the masterminds behind Water and Wellness and his company, Water and Wellness, which I will link to as well. And of course, there are, he has what I think is one of the best water filters on the market to get out all the toxins, including the heavy metals. And I will link to that in the show notes. But today, he's going to share with us his knowledge around why you need to be aware, what you need to be aware of with swimming pools and those health challenges around that. So, Robert, thank you for being here and welcome. Hello, Karen. I'm, so, here, to, I'm here to serve. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I, Robert, everybody, is a very busy guy. It took me a while to get this. is part two. We did part one of water, a water episode a while back, which, again, I'll link to the show notes. Um, so we are here with part two of this, uh, and now we're on swimming pools. So, Robert, why don't you just go ahead and kind of start from the beginning? I know it's some of it's technical, and if you can put it in okay. your best lay terms as possible. Well, I mean, the first thing really is to applaud you for even thinking of covering this subject, okay? I mean, it's, you know, everybody talks about what water should you drink and what to do in the shower and our shower filters good and what about alkaline water, all these topics. But you know what? The, one of the just forgotten things uh, that uh, form our toxic world is the swimming pool experience, okay? Because... It, it is a challenge and uh, the exposure is so extreme compared to your normal daily exposure from water contaminants that, you know, y you did a great service to, to even bring this up and force me at gunpoint to handle this subject. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very important. And I, I do know that. And I, I try to educate parents as much as I can on subjects, especially ones that, you know, a lot of people just really aren't aware of. And it's, yeah. you know, and so you need to know why your child might be having a physical or behavioral reaction. And you might not even think it had anything to do with swimming in the swimming pool today kind of thing, you know, so uh, go ahead and, and well, you know, fill okay. us in, Robert, you're the expert. Well, I mean, one obvious we all know children are driven to dive into the pool and to interact with it. And that really is because we are, by evolution, we, we are aquatic. And for those of you who may have heard uh, many of my talks where I bring up the point that life evolved in the ocean and uh, the more dramatic fact is that after it evolved in the ocean, which provided the perfect conditions for life, the only one apparently in our whole solar system, that life started to evolve. This is all the kingdoms of life. There's five kingdoms of life that, you know, animal, plant, microorganisms, algae, etc. cetera, uh, that these five kingdoms all evolved for nearly two and a half billion years before leaving the ocean. I mean, you are aquatic more than you can imagine. And uh, that is something you, you really want to respect, especially insofar as your children's behavior is concerned. And that salty water is, is so special because we remained in it and we are designed in it. And all of our cellular functions are really based upon the fact that we evolved in seawater. So, and, and that seawater, when we did leave the ocean, when our species did leave the ocean, supposedly 
about 500 million years ago, okay? Um, we, we took the ocean with us. And what do I mean by that? Well, the, the famous guy, the famous uh, revolutionary biologist in the late 1800s, Rene Canton said, the only way life could leave the ocean, especially after spending two and a half billion years in it, is to take the ocean with it. And in fact, our body fluids and our body fluids are, most of you know, between 60 and 70% of our entire weight. Our body fluids are almost identical in the proportions of the electrolytes that are in seawater. So we basically, our body fluids are really seawater. And in fact, if you take seawater and dilute it a little bit, you can actually, and this has been done many times and is actually being done in parts of the world, you can use it to replace blood plasma in a, a health compromised person, okay? Somebody who's had some kind of hemorrhagic shock, uh, seawater is used in a diluted form to replace that. So you're very close to being an aquatic animal for sure. And that's why we like to jump in the pool. Um, but the pool recreation scene is, has its hazards that especially anyone who may have uh, a child uh, compromised with autism in any way, uh, this, this, this uh, threat uh, of the rec aquatic recreation extends to not only your outdoor family pool, but your outdoor public pool and indoor public family pool and indoor public pools, especially indoor public pools for reasons I'll explain. And it extends to your whirlpool, jacuzzi, uh, bath, hot tubs. Hot tubs have usually people put lots of chemicals in them. Uh, not always, but smart people don't use any chemicals, just change the water. So these things add to the exposure which are often hazardous. So if you have a, a swimming pool, let's just take the average home swimming pool, there, here are really the sources of contaminants already in that pool before anybody jumps in, uh, assuming that it's being maintained properly. So you have the existing water, natural and chemical contaminants that are come with your city water. That's why we use bottled water. That's why we use water purifiers because there's a whole host of contaminants hopefully controlled by the uh, EPA. And, uh, but you know, they can only control it to a certain extent or else we couldn't afford the water coming into our home. And we only consume really about one and a half percent of the water coming into the home. And that's the most important part but we also get contaminants exposed from the shower and bath, but it's nowhere near what we get exposed from the family swimming pool. So there you have a swimming pool and you've got the contaminants uh, in every square, uh, every, every cubic inch of the pool, there are contaminants from the city water. Then there are the second real big problem are the microbes in the pool. 
And so the microbes are many and some are already in the pool from the air. Some are in the pool from the city water itself, usually to low levels. If you have a well, uh, it could be a high level of microbes if you are not maintaining your well properly. And the microbes are in every category of microbes, which include bacteria. For those of you who may be familiar with this subject, like Pseudomonas, E. coli, MRSA, Legionella, Shingella, those are typical bacterial pathogens that can affect somebody in a pool. Uh, and they can be delivered in a number of ways from other people who may be bathing in the pool and from outside sources that possibly some could be delivered from the air and some from your city water. You also have in the second category, which are called uh, cysts. And um, some people call them protozoan cysts. These are a kind of organism, you may recognize the words Giardia and Cryptosporidium. These are organisms that are amazingly hardy because they can, when they're in danger, they can kind of fold up into a cocoon and you are not going to get to them until they're ready to come out into a nicer environment. So cryptosporidium and giardia can be found in city water, uh, well water, almost any water. Um, these are very hardy organisms and we have to be very careful of them. And they can only be, uh, they can only be um, enter the body through through ingestion. So you're not going to get them through the skin, etc. Uh, then there are viruses in the water. The most common and notable is norovirus, but there are many other viruses that linger in the water. And when they're outside of a body, they they begin to lose their capability to survive. So they're generally less of a risk than the other two categories of microbes. So what do we do? The swimming pool industry uh, has taught us, here's what you have to do to lower these risks. Um, one, you have to add chemicals to the water. And um, this can add to our problem. In other words, it, the solutions actually lead to more problems. It was not recognized in the beginning because we didn't know enough 50 years ago uh, about these chemicals we put in the water and their health effects. But over time, we, we got to learn. So there's already existing chemicals in the water that you fill your pool with if you're using city water. Obviously, there's likelihood of chlorine in the water. There's the likelihood for some areas of chloramines in the water. And there's likely the, uh, the presence of something called disinfection byproducts. Some people uh, use the acronym DBPs. Disinfection byproducts are caused by the use of chlorine and even chloramines to a lesser extent in reacting with natural organic matter in the water, like pieces of dead leaves, okay? I mean, little pieces, molecules. 
when chlorine reacts with the molecules of dead leaves and those organics that all vegetation is, um, it forms a, 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 um, a suite, so to speak, of contaminants called disinfection byproducts. The worst ones are called trihalomethanes. And trihalomethanes uh, will create uh, a myriad of health problems. Then the chemical, these chemicals that we might use, such as um, chlorine, we might use bromine, we might use perhaps ultraviolet, which I'll talk about at the end. We might use ozone uh, and other pool chemicals uh, to change the pH. We use pool chemicals to flocculate the dirt out of the water and make it crystal clear. All of these ha can have a health consequence. So these solutions to keep our pool safe and clean add to our health problems. So let's take the most egregious one first. And there's only two I really want you to focus on because they really uh, account for the most serious effects on health from exposure to aquatic recreation. Um, so trihalomethanes, let me review, are created when chlorine disinfectant in the water or bromine reacts with the natural organic matter, one that's already in city water, and these trihalomethanes, as a consequence of the reaction, are already in city water. And so trihalomethanes are four different chemicals, actually. And uh, we'll cover that detail in, in a minute of exactly what these chemicals do. But when you get in a pool that has trihalomethanes, these uh, contaminants if affect one, engage with your physiology through skin contact, inhalation of the gas form, because trihalomethanes can be like part of the water or they can outgas uh, like steam in a way. And just come out of the pool just about at the level that your nose is usually at. So you are inhaling these. And then if you drink the water, which people just end up drinking water when they play around in a pool, they are in there. And so the three routes of entry, skin contact, inhalation, and ingestion are not good. Now, what do trihalomethanes do? Well, they do a lot of bad things. And everybody, it's the one contaminant, I would say, in your home that is uh, from a city water is probably in city water that's all approved and meets all the health standards. It's probably the most egregious contaminant because you're not only exposed to it from drinking, but you get a dose from bathing and showering because you get it on skin contact. You get it because you're breathing air in the in the water spray in the shower, 
And sometimes, and the ingestion part is if you drink the water. But, you know, some people just obviously naturally ingest a little bit of water when they're bathing and showering. So it's the trihalomethanes, THMs for short, are carcinogenic, especially in bladder and colorectal cancer. They are considered a central nervous system toxin. They are linked to heart, lung, kidney, and liver disease. And they are, and this is the thing that I had always caught my attention for 20 years. They are a female, a female reproductive toxin linked to miscarriage and problem pregnancies. Now, that is one of the reasons that why when someone asks me, Robert, can you uh, tell us what we should get for our home, okay, for our, our total home water? And then uh, I'm of the philosophy, you have to do a home in two parts. Do all the water, so you make sure you have safe bathing and showering water, and then you have to do the drinking water to even a higher degree of, uh, tox of contaminant removal. So I, when, when part of me asking uh, the homeowner, okay, let me find out about your home. Number one, I ask them, I need the report, which if you tell me who your water supplier is, I need the report on um, what's in the water and I, I will find it. And all of you can find it by going to um, the EPA water quality report for the city that you live in. If you just were to put that in the internet, you will find the EPA report. You get the most recent one, hopefully 2019. And you will see its discussion of how they treat the water. It's usually very nice, nicely put together. Uh, the EPA demands it from each city, but unfortunately you will not be able to understand it, okay? And that's why people call me and say, oh my God, I don't even understand what this is saying. So, but one of the questions I always ask, or one of the things I look at at the report, perhaps the first thing, what's the trihalomethane level? Now, trihalomethanes are, uh, and, and this of course is linking to our bathing, our bathing and swimming experience. The trihalomethanes used to be 150 parts per million, they thought was parts per billion, excuse me, PPB. 150 parts per billion they thought was safe. And then when all the studies came out, oh my God, we're like twice as high as it should be to even begin to be safe. So they lowered it to 80 parts per billion. And that's what's in many of your swimming pools right now also, perhaps much greater after bathers get in. But the uh, trihalomethanes at 80 parts per billion. But you know what? they realized that they couldn't even, that wasn't even safe, but they couldn't, they couldn't guarantee anybody could remove more than that or else it would be too expensive for people to even supply water to their homes. So it got to be serious. So they just decided to create another column called the maximum contaminant level goal, MCLG. And the goal, and this is what I point out to people, look at what the goal is for trihalomethanes, it's zero. In other words, the only safe level of trihalomethanes is zero. Recently at a, at, at a, at a health conference, 
a woman came to me and said, hey, you're supposed to be the, 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 the water guru guy. I need to consider on having a filter for my house. And I said, well, the first thing I always ask is what is the water uh, quality? And, and, and I said, this was in Orlando, Florida. She goes, I live in Jacksonville. Uh, and I said, well, look, let's just go on the internet and find the report. I went on the report and I was looking, oh, not bad, not bad. And then I got to try halomethanes. And I saw that it was, it, it was generally higher than the standard. I said, do you get any letters in the mail warning you that they violated it? She goes, I don't recall, but I probably would have thrown them away anyway or not understood them. And I said, you have actually violated last year four times the maximum uh, uh, trihalomethane level. Well, she said, what's wrong with trihalomethanes? I said, for one thing, it causes miscarriage in women. And um, I said, do you have any like daughters that are of childbearing age? Uh, because this is something that you need to figure out. And she goes, oh my God. And I'm going, what's the matter? And she goes, I've lived in that house for the last 20 years and I have had five miscarriages in a row. And this living was just from her house. showering and bathing and ingesting the water mainly? Precisely. In the swimming pool. Wow. Precisely. And I was shocked. I mean, that like, you know, I had chills. So trihalomethanes is something to really be aware of and no one would measure it in their swimming pool. And if you have any health compromises, this is very serious, especially if you have teenage daughters of childbearing or, well, they're getting damaged the whole time. So, I mean, if you have young daughters and, and, and they're going to be teenagers while living in your house, this is something really to be concerned with. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the next, okay. So, um, The next chemical, do you want to talk about? Yeah, the, the next chemical, the next chemical are, are chloramines, okay? Chloramines, oh, what a story. Chloramines are in the water uh, because they're used by cities as an alternative disinfectant. Starting maybe 20 years ago, one of the reasons they use chloramines, now what are they? First, they put chlorine in the water and then they add ammonia to the water and a chemical reaction occurs. That's why the word is chloramines. Amines is like ammonia. So that, that forms chloramines. Now, okay, what is that for? That chloramines are a low, have low level reactivity compared to chlorine. Therefore, they don't form as much trihalomethanes. And it's a cheap way to meet the trihalomethane standard of 80 parts per billion. And so everybody goes, wow, this is great. We have chloramines, we, we meet the standard, we don't violate it, the EPA won't come after us. But then people started to do studies, health studies on chloramines, and they didn't turn out so well. One, they form in the pool, not only, are, well, first, they're already in your pool if your city uses chloramines period. And chloramines don't go away easy like chlorine. You know, you have to keep chlorinating the water, but chloramines stick around maybe five to 10 times longer. So you're already diving. If you just filled your pool with tap water, 
and your city uses chloramines, and most big cities do, uh, then you're diving into a pool before you added anything, before you turn on the filter system, you're diving into a pool with chloramines in it. And, uh, and, and, but you actually are going to add some more chloramines because you're adding chlorine to the pool to keep the bacteria level down and you're going to maintain whatever three to five parts per million of chlorine in your pool. Well, the urine and sweat of a human bather is going into the pool to some varying degree. And that ammonia in sweat and urine is also going to react with the chlorine to form chloramines. Okay. Are you getting this, Karen? I am. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, is it too complicated? Kids, in most kids, when you think about it, all public pools, or if you have a backyard pool and you have other kids over, Kids are really, you know, they're not trained as well or no, knowledgeable enough not to pee in the pool. And so you, if you have a, a pool where there are a lot of children swimming in it, you likely have a lot more, uh, a lot more chloramines being created. And like yes. you said, too, right at the surface level where our, our face yes. is just above the water, we're inhaling that as well. So yes. it's kind of a double whammy. You're, you're bathing in it. I had one mom tell me that her child was swimming one day and she said, well, do you know what, what it could be? Is he has rashes all over his arms. Mm. And I, 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 I know I was certain it, that it was. It oh was yeah, skin common. irritation is common. So chloramines get you by skin contact, by ingesting the water, by inhalation of the gas that form, because it's outgassing. These chemicals are like water, you know, water evaporates, so do chemicals. So it's not only in the water, but it's evaporating and your nose is at the surface and that's where the concentration is greatest and, and you're just breathing it in. Now, chloramine, this, this uh, action uh, or reaction to chloramines really got serious from professional bathers, Olympic swimmers, and so on. I know several Olympic swimmers who've had just horrible health problems just because they're in a pool every day of their life, you know? So mm -hmm. that is, a lot of studies have been done upon uh, uh, Olympic swimmers. Now, many Olympic swimmers, as you know, uh, practice in an indoor pool, right? Right. So, so you don't so have the, you, you're just containing that. that you're, you're containing it. And, and, and now just, just now, I mean, are they going, okay, for it, professional indoor pools, we have to have special uh, HVAC air conditioning systems to remove the air more frequently than a normal room would require. We have to get rid of that gas, the chloramine gas. So uh, two years ago, one of my, colleagues uh, and students gave a talk uh, at one of the water quality conventions on the health risks of chloramines. And, and I'll tell you, he knew a lot more than I did at that time. He did his research. And this talk went on for two hours of the health risks of chloramine. So we're just, we're not even like telling you what all the health risks are. Chloramines are not good. So uh, you definitely have to drink chloramine free water so Robert, can you give us just a couple examples of i mentioned the skin rashes just so parents kind of know maybe what they might want to look for some physical or behavioral reactions okay the first one have. the big one for chloramines is going to be respiratory okay mm -hmm. asthma 
asthma, 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 respiratory irritation, coughing, and more serious pulmonary diseases. There you go. And it also, all, chloramines are also considered a female reproductive toxin. Okay? Okay. And um, I know too, sometimes uh, kids can get really hyperactive, the histamines, there's like a histamine uh, factor that comes in, uh, might have trouble sleeping that night, things like that. And of course, yes. skin rashes, of course. So, and we've given, like, there's a lot of information here too on, on you know, the problems with water. And I'm going to link to, Robert does have a water filter called the Aqua True for your, for your drinking water, at least. And I have a code that will be linked to the, to the show notes and a link to his product that will help you to be able to clear these out of your drinking water in your home. And I've got a discount code so you can get 5% uh, off of your order as well. Um, but for a swimming pool, Robert, what, what would you suggest for parents who say, you know, their kids love to swim and they, you know, what, what are some suggestions that we could give them for enabling their child to do it in a safer way? Okay. Um, well, there are, nothing is great. There is no panacea to this. And, the, and what would be close to the, the panacea would, would be extremely fine-tuning and the limiting of the chlorine you add to the pool, okay? The more chlorine you add to your pool to make sure it's safe, the more chloramines you're going to form and the more trihalomethanes you're going to form, okay? So that's like a simple one. It's not a great one because people aren't so finicky. I mean, people just, I've seen it hundreds of times, people just, you know, throw a couple of handfuls of chlorine in the water. And that has to stop. You have to put minimal chlorine in and, 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 and don't do it like as a routine. I mean, if your child is the only one using the pool, you should limit the degree of chlorination in the pool very seriously. And there is so, a salt water solution. So what are your thoughts? I'm going to cover that. Can, can okay. I go in my sure. other yep. direction? <laughs> so there's also, there are things that ultraviolet and ozone, I want to say this. Now, neither one of them can give you chemical-free disinfection. Okay? Now, if it was only you and your family perhaps ozone could do it, okay? Perhaps. But you are looking at raising your, your, your service and maintenance responsibilities from your car to a racing car. This, these are sophisticated things, and they themselves can be irritants and so on, not ultraviolet, but ultraviolet is the weaker of the two of ultraviolet versus ozone. Ozone is the more powerful. Ultraviolet is the weaker of the two, but can help reduce the chlorine as the water circulates through your filter system. It can circulate through an ozonation system and an, or an ultraviolet system to reduce it. 
but it must be done with great technological expertise or else you're either not getting the job done or you're making the problem worse. So if you decide to look into ultraviolet or ozone as an addition to chemical treatment, and now those allow your, you, it allows you to, whether this is a, a, a public pool or a, a home pool, it allows you to greatly reduce the chemicals which is a great way to reduce trihalomethanes and, and chloramines. So, but it has to be done correctly and you need to get a very, very, very qualified person to do it. Now, there is another option that is sold, which most experts discount. And that is something that puts copper, zinc, or silver ions in the water, okay? So these things can, are not, you, when you use them, they are not enough for a multi, say family or child use of the pool. Uh, they cannot protect you enough against microbes. And if you put too much chlorine in that pool, those metals, copper and zinc and silver can actually come out of solution where which is the only form they're effective in and even like cause stain on your pools. So I, in echoing what experts say, do not recommend the metal, uh, the metal ion ionization um, disinfection systems. So chlorine pretty much is the staple. And then if you go to do your homework, consider adding, to your normal chlorination routine, which you can greatly reduce something that involves ultraviolet or ozone. My preference would be for ozone, but it is a little more complicated. So in, we kind of covered the, the indoor swimming pool extra uh, uh, exposure and um, this going to the saltwater pool. Okay, saltwater pool can be a very nice way to reduce this, but you cannot change your pool if it's a freshwater pool to a saltwater pool in general. It, it has to be done from scratch and, and, and then you dissolve, you know, hundreds, you put fresh water in and hopefully you will filter that water actually with a carbon filter that uh, it's, it's beyond the scope of our, <laughs> of our talk, but if you bought a large carbon filter from even from, uh, uh, from Home Depot, you would filter your water from the hose before you fill your pool with it, and then you can dissolve the salt in it. Now, the salt you put in is, if you do add hundreds of pounds of typically like solar evaporated salt or mined salt, and it's only about, it's not like saltwater ocean. It's only about one-tenth as salty as the ocean, okay? So it's not like super salty. Uh, but you still require a low level of chlorine, chlorine to assure safety. And, you know, it's, it's a synergism of the salt in the water being inhospitable to microbe growth. But, uh, and the chlorine... This is one of the things you don't add chlorine to this pool. You form chlorine from a little unit that is usually comes with the saltwater pool that uses electrolysis 
to break down the sodium chloride from the salt in the pool that's dissolved in the pool. And that chloride turns into chlorine, which then disinfects your pool. And that works very well, but it's a little more sophisticated than just, um, uh, and than just adding chlorine to the pool. Uh, the lower chlorine level, it's much lower than a normal pool has to be, is much easier on the eyes and skin and, and doesn't form as much of the toxic chloramine. There is some, but way less. So a saltwater pool is a godsend, but you've got to start from scratch. We changed ours over years ago. and um, Did you convert an existing pool? We did. We did, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, and it was, it actually, uh, before I was so sensitive to it, I would, I had various things, my, my legs might, would itch just extremely, I just, I stopped going in it. And so I um, finally convinced my husband to, uh, again, it was at least a decade ago, and I said, I've got to switch this over to, to, to salt water. <laughs> did, to did, did, you, did you try one out first? I, otherwise, I cannot use it. And um, <laughs> so we brought in a specialist and a little bit anyway, um, and it, it makes a, a tremendous difference. And when I yeah. go to my neighbor's pool, like we'll have barbecues and various yes. when we go back and forth, and I will have reactions that night after I'm in their pool. I have to like really limit my amount of time I'm in it because yeah. they- You they, have much less chemicals in your mm -hmm. water. I mean, not not just the chemicals to disinfect, but the but the harmful health uh, health related chemicals, chlor chloramine and trihalomethanes. Mm -hmm. It would be very interesting. I'm 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 serious. I, I'm just thinking of it that that you know people really should. I've never seen it like offered specifically for pools, but people you can measure the chloramine in your pool. There is a test kit that you can buy on Amazon. Just look up chlorine, chloramine, and usually it comes in the same kit for chlorine. So chloramine plus chlorine is called total chlorine, okay? And just the chlorine is called free chlorine. So when you take the measurements and you measure total chlorine and free chlorine, the difference is the chloramines. And that would be a great number for people to do. And that's something they can do for you know, a few bucks, so to speak. Trihalomethanes. What, number, what huh? number are we looking for? I mean, you said, no, there's no safe level, but you really just want to see what, what parts, how many parts per billion comes up as the answer? Well, let me put it this way, that, that um, in drinking water, the safe water of chloramine is way too high and it's four parts per million, Okay. And um, I suspect in a, a, a public pool, it's much higher than that. And I suspect in a occasionally used family pool, it's lower than that. So uh, I certainly would like to see a chloramine level less than one half part per million, one half ppm. All right, I will actually, um write this down in the show notes uh, so that everybody can, can get that information. And I do have a link to watercheck.com, which is the National Water Testing Lab. Yes. And so you could, standards. you could, um, you could, I'm not sure they would, they would do a test. 
first, you, you can't test the chlorine and chloramine sending it in. It won't stick around, okay? okay. Like in transit. But the trihalomethane, you can test and you have to have a special test. And I believe the water has to be, because it is a gas, it will outgas. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you, you can test the trihalomethanes but I believe it has to be sent in a chilled, uh, a, a chilled, uh, like with, with a, uh, an ice bag uh, into them, which they, I think they provide national testing labs. And you okay. could test the, the trihalomethane. Uh, I am going to actually look up and I'll send you a note with the show notes I'm going to send you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your audience has some, uh, a better handle on what I've been talking about and they right. can review it. But yeah, that would I'll, be great. I'll send you what I'm going to look up trihalomethanes in pools and what they are. Wow. Okay. And you said you also, uh, because we were doing this in audio, there were some things that you had that were some visuals that you wanted to send and I can add those to the show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like slides, the notes will be mm-hmm. in the form of slides that people okay. can look through. You know, and that, that'll be visual. Okay. Yeah, that sounds And I'll great. put some other goodies in there, I think. Uh, uh, some, some things on um, some great health habits. And, um, oh, oh, I have two things to tell everybody. Your guests who, who may likely be, have children with autism. Is that correct? Yeah, very much so. Yes. Okay. Here's two things I want to, here's some things I want to say that are, are critically important. Um, number one is you must provide purified water to your child. That's number one. And I, you know I've spoken at many autism conferences and, and had sad things to say and, and, and good, good rules to give. And some of the sad, one of the sad things that I really wanna to bring to everyone's attention because I can't say enough about it, is that for though this is specifically for those who have under sink reverse osmosis systems, and uh, you, people, uh, Karen told you in the beginning, I'm one of the early developers of this technology, so I know this as well as anyone in the world. But under sink, this is what I've spoken uh, at many. Uh, autism conferences and it was bad news and I said those of you who have under sink RO systems should not give that water to your child who may who has autism and especially if they have any kind of gut issues why is that it's because the storage tank in all under sink reverse osmosis systems becomes an incubator for microbes and the microbes can be anything they're not necessarily pathogens, but they're often called opportunistic organisms that can really mess with the microbiome. And if your child has a microbiome that is already damaged, he will probably never be able to fix it with the bacteria that's coming from the undersink RO system. That is the entire reason why I changed over to the AquaTrue countertop RO system in which there is no 
or extremely mineral, no more than on your food or lettuce, um, microbes available to, uh, it, or microbes in the water made and processed by the uh, RO system that goes on your counter. So it was a great relief to be able to ha offer that. It was about three years ago that I was able to say, I can recommend an RO system that is safe for your child with autism. And that's what Karen is talking about uh, when she mentioned that she has a special code for this RO system. So th th this is very serious. Now, I say something, parents are not obviously going to run out and throw their undersink RO system away. So here's what rules I give you. One, the problem is that modern RO systems, not when I started to design them, but now membranes, our reverse osmosis membranes make so much water that you never get to drain your tank. And if you do, well, you don't do it very occasional, or it's very occasional. But here's what you must do if you have a child with gut problems and he is, has autism. You must drain the tank. At, at, at the end of the day, when you're done drinking and using the water, drain the tank completely until no water comes out of the faucet. It just dribbles. Now you've gotten, now it's going to fill up with fresh water. That's the first thing you must do every day if your child has suspect gut problems. Number two, that water then becomes good enough for your family, but not quite good enough for your child with autism. You must sterilize that water. I've recommended for years a small device that you can buy uh, at a camping store, online from many places such as Amazon, and it's called a SteraPen. There's a number of models. The simplest one comes with four double four double A batteries. And it is a little UV sterilizer. You simply put in the glass or the carafe of water from your daily drained RO system, and you're going to disinfect the water. It takes only 30 seconds. And that's the only water that I would give to a child that is suffering from gut problems. And I will link to the SteraPen uh, on the show notes. And again, the show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 92, just the numbers 92. Um, because I actually purchased a SteraPen years ago and I travel with it as at least some form of precaution. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it can be really, really helpful. And it's so simple. I mean, you just hold it in your hand and, and uh, you know, turn the little UV light on, it starts blinking and you hold it in the water for what, like I said, 30 seconds or so. And uh, yeah, I find it really helpful. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. And you said there were two things, Robert. Yeah. Um, so what, what is the second thing? Um, one is in, well, there's actually two things. One that's on that same level. There is no need or benefit from alkaline water, okay? It's not a real, it's more of a fairy tale. The pH of water that anyone consumes is irrelevant. Uh, so now the, the, the pH of your body is important and how to adjust it, control it, balance it is important. That's another topic that we're, we won't cover, but the pH of drinking water is irrelevant. It's changed by your body almost immediately anyway. So to save parents money, I see people getting alkaline water at some premium price and it's just meaningless. So if you, if you like the flavor or something, 
no problem. There's nothing wrong with drinking alkaline water, but if it's a way that you can save money, it's great. Uh, the other thing was bathing and showering. Parents may feel they are protecting their child with a shower filter. One of the tragedies of my industry is that there are no shower filters available on the market that can protect a sensitive child or an adult even from the chemicals we just talked about. The reason is that the water, when, when, when uh, filters remove contaminants, it's very important that the water goes through at rates that are very precise to match the media, uh, such as activated carbon would be the media used in a shower filter. But the water goes through that shower filter so quickly, maybe 10 times quicker than it should to get those chemicals out. There's no chance of removing them. So it may remove chlorine, which is chlorine, which is not the big deal. It's when chlorine reacts to form chloramines and trihalomethane. It cannot, well, I, should, I shouldn't say that. The chlorine, uh, chloramines are already in your city water if you have them. And, and the trihalomethanes are already in your water. But shower filters cannot remove those two chemicals, no matter what the ads say, or at least for more than a couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, um, I have a shower filter on mine mm -hmm. as well. and it's. Uh, I mean, it gives people, I know, it gives them kind of a, uh, uh, it gives them some kind of like uh, something to depend upon, and, but it, it's not real. And it's, it depends upon how sensitive your child is. If they are very sensitive to chemicals, you will have to put in a system that is uh, uh, that does the whole house water. I mean, it's something that is fairly large, not that expensive, but it's going to be fairly large and couldn't go in your, in your bathroom or on the shower head. It is one of my dreams of my career to actually make a tolerable, from a, a, a visual standpoint, a tolerable and effective shower filter. So that may be coming down the pike. Well, that would be wonderful. Definitely let me know about it if that happens. Because um, yeah, and even on those whole house filters, you got to make sure you know you've got a really good, high quality one that has yes, you know, all of the things that you know that you need to have on it. As we talked about these multiple carbon filters and things like that. Um, yes, so and I have a whole in my you know one in my water presentation, I discuss that, and um, I, I I favor and people can kind of take this because we we something we can't discuss now. It's just too much, but I favor the use even for the whole house filter, I favor carbon block technology where the carbon is not backwashed. One of our industry, inexcusable industry uh, habits is to sell people backwashing granular activated carbon filters. And it's not the thing for effectively removing chemicals. The backwashing process eventually invalidates the technology. So I favor, and they're not common, but carbon block filters for the whole house. And some people have to put several together to handle the water flow rate. We actually have one, it's beyond our, 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 the scope of our talk. We offer one that can 
do a whole house that uses one single large carbon block almost as big as your child, but it's when very you you effective. Carry, when you say you carry one, Robert, is that at, at, at Water and Wellness? No, 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 no. It's, it's no. done very privately uh-huh. because of the problem of when I did, when I announced it one time, we got hundreds. <laughs> I was going to say you're going to get bombarded. No, no. And here's the problem, Karen. If I could just pack it up in a box and send it, it would mm. be... It would be easy. I'd be happy to. But the problem with selling from one location is the installation. Mm -hmm. Every installation is different. And Mm -hmm. so it can complicate things. For instance, just as an example, let's say this product costs $1,500 for your whole house, okay? There are times, and the installation costs $2,000, are you with me? It's, it, it, it's such a complicated thing for the installation. Some installations are $300, but there are installations that can get so complicated. Sometimes they have to dig up your driveway. All these factors, I just couldn't find a way to accommodate it. Right. Yeah, I know. I understand that. But I'm actually working with someone right now who may want to tackle this, okay? Mm-hmm. Who may want to tackle this job. And, 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 uh, and really make a serious business of accommodating all these needs for whole house filtration. Well, when that happens, do let me know. And I will put out uh, an email for sure. Um, and uh, of course, anybody, if you're not on my email list, please get on it. Um, go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com. And uh, right on my homepage, I actually have a, a great free guide that is to the top seven foods to eliminate to help your child uh, quickly reduce their symptoms of autism and get some of those toxins out. And um, by getting that guide, it puts you on my email list and it will let you know of uh, upcoming events that I also have uh, going on, webinars and a, a live virtual event I have coming up. Um, but also uh, if people I'm very connected with, people like Robert, who are experts in, in, in various industries that have such useful resources for autism and I am often given, as I am again with Robert, discount codes to use, or I am alerted of some new top-end highest technology available that is for something like Robert's mentioning for this whole house filter. I will get notifications, and then I send that out. The best way I can reach people really is my email list, and I can make announcements here, but not everybody sees this. If you're on my list, you'll, you'll be able to get those resources and and not miss out on, on things that come out that way. So please, please uh, make sure that you do that. Um, and uh, again, today's resources uh, or today's episode and all the links that I'll share, including the link to the AquaTree water filter and the discount code that I have for you for uh, Robert's very, very high quality um, product is at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 92. So please um, make sure that you go there and um, get the resources that you need. And um, Robert, I want to let you go because we've taken up uh, enough of your time or a lot of your time and I really, really appreciate it. I know how busy you are and I want to thank you again for being here with us today. And You're very um, welcome. And All right, look everybody. for my notes. Oh, yes. And I will add the, the notes that Robert sends me. I will add to the show note pages as well for you. So make sure you, again, get, get to uh, 
the, uh, the episode, the show note page, and that will be there for you as well. And everybody, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate your time as well and what you're doing for your kids to be here and spending your time to get this knowledge and this education and these resources. And I appreciate um, that you're here and uh, your trust in us as well. And have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.